All right, cool. So it says we're live. Welcome, everybody, to Infinity Sports. We got a lot of news to get to today and possibly an interview. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> um, Fingers crossed, guys. Fingers crossed. Uh, first things first, though, we are going to kick things off with our uh, intro. So here we go. Jordan. for joining us it is infinity sports i am wayne g i am joined today by sully hey what's going on it is a two-man show it looks like going forward we had a discussion today with jesse he wants to go in a different direction it's just a lot of commitment for him i think and he's just trying to focus on some other stuff so we definitely wish him the best and you know told him obviously anytime he wants to join us he can but it looks like going forward it's going to be me and sully so i don't know there you go everybody <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Apparently, you know, Jesse's just not feeling anymore. And, you know, obviously we wish him obviously the best and we're still there for him. And, you know, like you said, the day he wants to come back on, he's, he's welcome back. So, but going forward, it's just us. So, you know, we, yeah. we kept the, we kept the good looking ones. Yeah, that's what I think. Too. Well, yeah. At least one of us. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, we know which one. Okay, so the uh, obviously you're watching us on Facebook Live. We are Mondays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Facebook Live. The show is rebroadcast the following day on the RTF Sports Network. You can also find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher, and YouTube. We're live on YouTube right now, and the video will actually be available to watch. I want to say it takes about 24 hours after it goes live. You can then go and rewatch the video again if you want. And, of course, you can reach out to us on social media. We are active on Facebook at Infinity Sports Podcast, where you're watching us now, most likely. Most at right. Infinity Sports Podcast on Instagram and at Sports Infinity 5 on Twitter. If you don't want to remember any of those, just remember www.infinitysportspodcast.com. That's our website, and it has links to every one of the social media sites, as well as uh, you know, YouTube, and you can watch all of those things as well. It also has all of our blogs that we've written in the past, and my favorite, it has a link to a store. You can get some great merchandise. You see that hoodie there? The 12 is greater than 9 hoodie. I'm rocking it right now. hey Ordered one for myself, and it came in. It fits great. It's nice and comfortable. My sister ordered a long sleeve tee that just has the Infinity Sports logo on it. So uh, pretty cool stuff. If you visit the store, support the show, you know, just order some stuff. And uh, obviously, it's all really great prices, and it all comes in great. This is really, really nice, too. It's not like the plastic. You know how it comes in to get the heat press plastic? Yeah. This yeah. is nice. It's like dyed into the fabric. It's really nice. Not that Wuhan stuff. It's that good stuff, right? Yeah, it's the good good stuff. Made in, uh, where did it come from? Like Indiana or something like that. Oh, nice. American made. Let's go. That's even better, folks. Yeah. So definitely check out the website. Check out social media. We got a lot of stuff to go on today. We're supposed to have a really big interview with Achilles Smith. We're waiting for him to sign on right now. Hopefully uh, no issues. We got a bunch of questions for him that I think are really good and really interesting to for get sure. in the mind of an NFL player and a top five draft pick You know, in the draft. But in the meantime, uh, let's get started with some news. 
All right. So the big news, I don't know what's the biggest news. Let's just start with, uh, you know, John Thompson, the Georgetown Hoyas head coach passed away today. Uh, I didn't see what age was. Did you get his age? Oh, I I thought it was 79, but that's kind of guessing. Yeah, I was thinking 80 something. Um, I know that, you know, obviously he coached the Georgetown Hoyas, 71% winning percentage. He's coached guys like Ewing, Iverson, Matumbo. Uh, Alonzo Mourning, you know, just a, a whole slew of guys who are really great players. And then obviously he's a Hall of Fame coach himself. What I didn't know about him is that he was actually drafted in the third round by the Boston Celtics and played from 64 to 66, won two championships with Bill Russell and the Celtics. Wow. Must have been. Did he get any like playing time at all or was he just kind of a, a bench guy? I'm thinking he was kind of a bench guy because they had Casey Jones, I think it was, and they had uh, Satch Sanders. Um, yeah. So they had a bunch of big men. He was a center. Uh, I think he was. I think he was like six eight, six nine. I mean, you can see he's a big guy when he's oh, on the yeah. sideline. I mean, when you, when anytime you can stand next to Patrick Ewing and not get completely dwarfed, you you've got to have some height. Yeah. So, but obviously, by the way. what's that? He was seventy eight, by the way. Okay. Yeah. So it's too young. I mean, I really think oh, that. Sure. I, I really hope that I make it past eighty five. I feel like that's kind of a nice, you know. See, that's old, I feel like. I mean, I, I do, too. Like, my grandmother right now just had her 89th birthday, and, man, she's kicking, dude. She's she's moving. And and so I, I, I guess, but, like, then I see some old people that, you know, they just look like they live terrible lives at that age. But, man, God, take me at 60. Yeah, I, I definitely don't want to end up in a, in, in a home or have people wiping like my room for me. Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But, yeah, if you're, if you're 88 and you're still out there, like, you know, playing golf, skiing and stuff, you know, hey, Live it up, man. As long I don't as think anybody's can. 88 and skiing and golfing, but I, I mean, they may be golfing, but like walking, I'll be fine with just taking brisk walks. You know? Well, I'll tell you, I lived down the road from a guy in Connecticut. His name was Harry, and Harry was the uh, the golf pro at the local golf course, and he held the course record from when he was younger. Uh, it was a nine-hole course, uh, 36, par 36. He shot a 29, um, and that was the course record even to that day when I was playing there. And he lived down the road from me, and he was 88. And he would walk over. He saw you swing a golf club outside. He would walk over and give you a free lesson. That's you know? awesome. And, and I remember he came over <laughs> me one day, and he was talking golf. And he goes, yeah, you know, I play with all these young guys. And they hit the ball 150 yards past me off the tee. And at the end of the day, we look at the scorecard. I beat every single one of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. The short game. That's why I suck at golf. I, I, I six-putt every, every hole. So I used to be uh, – a one or the other kind of guy. So I would, uh, my best round in terms of ball striking was, uh, I played a golf course called Cedar Knob in Summers, Connecticut. The front nine, I hit seven out of nine greens and reg. Oh, wow. And I shot a 41, which is pretty good. But, you know, for seven out of nine greens and reg, you'd be shooting a lot better than that. You know? <laughs> so I just putted like crap. But then I've also had rounds where I'm spraying the ball all over the course, but I'm one putting every hole. <laughs> no, I've never in my life have I one putted anything. I've just never put it together. Yeah. <laughs> Um, next, I think this is a big bit of news. I had it as third on my list, but this is kind of a, a big deal. Is Leonard Fournette gets released by the Jacksonville Jaguars. They say that you know they couldn't get a trade for him. They were looking to get like a sixth round pick or something for him. The guy was a, a first round pick. He's only 25, and he's going to be 25 all season. He doesn't turn 26 until January. He had 1,100 yards rushing last year. It was his career high, I believe. 76 receptions, career high. 522 receiving yards, career high. And so he's coming off basically his best season of his career, and they just cut him nothing. That lends me to believe it's something more like internally, like he's got a bad attitude, something like that. Uh, it just and and the fact that other teams didn't want to risk anything on him makes me also to has to believe that it's something like uh, 
internally that we just don't know about, obviously, as, as like a casual NFL fan. Uh, but these inside guys are telling each other, hey, look, you know, he's a head case or, hey, look, he's a cancer or something like that. I mean, Jacksonville's cleaning house. They're clearly tanking for Lawrence right now. It's not even – I mean, if they win three games all season, I will be shocked, a shocked if they win three games. Well, I, I know that there was talk that he was having issues with his contract, right? Like he wanted a bigger contract, yeah. which whatever, everybody does when you get to that point. Dalvin Cook is holding out or was holding out to get a bigger contract. I mean, yeah. so what's the big deal? A guy coming off of his career year and he's asking for whatever, $45 million guaranteed or something. Again, if he's in the locker room saying, man, fuck this organization, fuck this coach, like, excuse my language, obviously, but, you know, things like that, like, you know, and bringing other players down. And, I mean, they shipped Jalen Ramsey out. Now, Jalen Ramsey was obviously a, a different kind of talent, and quarterbacks valued far greater than, than running back is. So we see the difference there. But, I, I mean, you know, if it's the same kind of player and the same kind of thing, you just got to get him out of there. Yeah, well, and I think that that offensive line in Jacksonville is not the greatest. But I, I started thinking, like, you know, what kind of team would Leonard Fournette be the perfect fit for? And I know the Buccaneers are a team that's been thrown out there. No, you think the Patriots are the team? Because they've got like five running backs already. Yeah, but which one is worth a damn? To be dead honest, like like which well, James one? James White's a phenomenal. I, I agree, I agree. But you're telling me James White, Leonard Fournette don't make a really good complimentary backfield right there. Like I think I really do personally think like and and I don't normally agree with like because you know, a lot of people say oh I'll go to New England like you know it's kind of like the 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 cliche thing to say. But he really, I think he really does fit in that backfield. Now it all depends on what they internally believe Damian Harris. Okay, frozen here. All right, well, Sully's frozen on my screen. Oh, there we go. Yeah, it, it takes two little rotations, and then I'll be back. It takes like six seconds. <laughs> I don't know what happens. but uh, So it all depends on what they feel like Damian Harris, Damian Harris can be for them. Um, all reports are he's a, a camp darling right now, and they kind of like him. So if he can, if they actually believe in him, then I don't think they invest in Leonard Fournette. But I think he fits really well there. Well, I like him a lot. But what about Sony Michelle? You just used a first round pick on him two years ago. Yeah, but he's injured, is he not? I don't know. He's always got an e issue, so I don't know. And and, and also, when these guys are are still under their their rookie contracts, man, it's real easy to just not even worry about. Let them go. Bye. You know, they cut them real easy. They can. Their salaries are super low and things. It's not a real big issue. So I mean, Sony Michelle. Yeah, they just used a first round pick on him, but I mean, he hasn't really been that great. So they just used a, a second or third rounder on Damian Harris. Yeah. Oh, third. Yeah, it was a third or fourth actually. I think with yeah, him. Yeah. But yeah, I mean Leonard Fournette and James White, I would be totally cool with that kind of one-two combo. But I mean, if he's looking to get paid, New England's not the place to get paid. Uh, yeah, but at, at this point, now he's going to have to prove it because because the market's not there for him. Nobody's going to give him twenty million a year off the off the you know just fresh off of getting cut. You know what I mean? So now it's a prove it. He's got to go out there and take what he can get this year. Take kind of a and maybe an incentive an incentive laden contract. And then just try to ball out again. I mean, if he has another year like he did last year where he goes 11, 70 catches, 600 yards, 500 yards, you have another year like that, somebody's going to give you $16 million a year. They're going to. I mean, it's going to happen. 
Now I saw that somebody said that he'd be a good fit in Houston, but they just got David Johnson. But yeah. I was like, uh, you know, if he goes to Houston, somebody said, please tell Bill O'Brien he does not have to trade for him. <laughs> <laughs> Bill O'Brien would still. I'm surprised Bill O'Brien didn't try to trade for him. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Houston actually might be a decent fit. Honestly, I think there's a lot of teams that that he could sneakily fit into. It's just again, it's a matter of what kind of role he's going to want and be able to take. And and it sounds like he wants. Zeke Elliott money and a Zeke Elliott role, and I just don't know if he's that player. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, he hasn't shown it, but yeah, exactly. He's he's very good. I don't know. I, I was surprised he got cut. Um, going into basketball talk, obviously we talked well, about real the, quick, We should say that Yannick got traded to the Vikings for a second. So, I mean, I thought they got decent value there. I'm not a big Yannick Ngakwe fan, and when I was looking up his statistics. Like last year, I mean, 41 tackles and eight sacks. Now, normally when you see those pass rusher type guys, they only have 35 or 40 tackles anyways because that's what their job is, is, the edge rush. But like Chandler Jones will have 41 tackles and 19 sacks. You know, Miles Garrett will have 38 tackles and 16 sacks. He only had eight sacks last year. And so I thought, well, maybe they dropped him in coverage a lot. Well, he only had four passes defended. You know, so I mean, what does he really do well? Well, I mean, did you look at his other three previous years he's gotten i think it was like 11 then nine and a half and ten and a half too he's he's a pretty very he's a very consistent pass rusher he gets to the pass rush he gets to the passer at a really consistent clip i think and and uh, especially in minnesota now with him and daniel hunter on on opposite sides i think that's really 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 scary yeah I and mean, we'll see how it works out um i also I'm don't so- think they gave up a ton for him you know what I mean? So. Yeah, a second-round pick isn't really – I mean, depending on who you talk to. Bill Belichick, a second-round pick is your first-born kid. I mean, it's a lot, but one would assume, too – I mean, Minnesota has to assume it's going to be a late second-rounder, too. So a late second-rounder for a guy that's going to give you eight to ten sacks a year, I think a lot of teams would do that. I'm not, do you like Minnesota? I think we talked about this when we did our NFC North breakdown. I had Minnesota at seven and nine. I think we uh, had the same exact thing, to be honest with you. Yeah, and I don't know because I was on uh, Triple Shot Sports yesterday. I was co-hosting. Uh, Chad couldn't make it, and Brandon had Mike Reeves on. You know, Mike Reeves is a big uh, Vikings guy, mm-hmm. and he's from Twist. Everybody, and uh, he basically was like, "Oh man, this kind of makes them maybe one of the favorites in the NFC." And I'm like, uh, "I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs." Yeah, I mean, I still think their offense is is a little shaky. Uh, I'm not a Kirk Cousins guy. I think he's. I mean, he's one season away from being like a, a bottom tier quarterback. Like, let's like he's just hanging on. You know what I mean? He does just enough to stay in that decent quarterback conversation. I think so. I don't really love him, and I think losing Stephon Diggs is going to be huge. I think that's going to be a massive loss for them. So I think he was a lot of their production. Who's this here? We had uh, William James. Enjoy everyone. Ah, uh, that's my buddy Will. Uh, hey, thanks. Bro. I appreciate you, man. Go out of these people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's football so far. We're kind of jumping towards basketball. I know the Lakers wrapped up their series. The Clippers wrapped up their series. That's what they're supposed to do. The Lakers, as bad as they looked game one against Portland, they are starting to look like the best team in the NFL. I mean, the NFL. Yeah, the NBA. <laughs> uh, yeah, they are. I mean, when they're at their peak, they are. I mean, I think everyone can agree they're the best team in the NBA. Uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron, when they both play like that, you can't. That team's unstoppable. It's it's unstoppable. Uh, I, I'm really excited to see where this finals is going to go. Yeah, well, me too. Especially because, and afterwards we have uh, William James again. I'm uh, sharing to all his groups, so that's why we're getting a bunch of views here. We had we're up to like 14 at one point. 
Thank you, Will. I appreciate you, man. That's my dude. That, me and Will, that's my brother, man. I've known that kid since literally the day he was born. That's my dude. I love him to death. Uh, looking like it could be a Lakers-Celtics finals. And I'm not going to lie, man. I I thought you were way wrong with that Celtics pick. Uh, from Now, it's just game one looks, but, man, you look right. They Without Pascal Siakam, which I think, yeah. And Wills, Wills by the way, is a huge Celtics fan. Huge Celtics fan. Uh, if, uh, if they can lock Siakam down and it looks like they have the ability to with their little rotation and the players they have with Jalen Brown and – uh, Tatum like switching and things like that, and then Horford being kind of a, an athletic big to kind of stay with whoever he needs to. There, Toronto can't score I, I, with with Boston. I don't think. See now, what I love, I love being right. People, who, <laughs> if this is your first time watching the show, uh, <laughs> Wayne's favorite thing in the yeah. world is being right. So I'm going to take a victory lap here. I actually called uh, a four zero four one against Philadelphia, even after Hayward got hurt. I said that's still not going to matter. It's going to be four one four zero. It was four zero, and then I said it's going to be four two against Toronto, and everybody's like, "Dude, no, this is a different team. It's seven game, you know, dogfight. Yes. Uh, this Celtics team is legit." And they're, they still have the best coach in the NBA playoffs. I think Pop's the best coach in the NBA, but they have the best coach in the NBA playoffs right now. Mm-hmm. They have all been playing for him for four or five years, except for maybe Kemba, but they've all bought into that system. And what scares me as a Lakers fan, and I had this discussion on Triple Shot Sports, I think that the Lakers are the best team in the NBA, but the Celtics are playing the best basketball in the NBA right now. Yeah. Yeah. And so what scares me is I think of 2004, and I think of that team just steamrolling the West with Malone and Peyton and Kobe and Shaq and just dominating, getting to the finals and losing 4-1 to the Pistons, who didn't have a single 20-point-per-game score. <laughs> that could happen again. I could see them losing to the Celtics and just getting – because this team just plays like a team. My my now the only issue I see with the Celtics is is I agree with everything you said there honestly I, I really do that 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 is what is making Boston so great as a team they've bought into the system and they're playing it perfectly they have nobody to stop Anthony Davis no one that could contain Anthony Davis and and that that that's where I think they may have an issue if it does come down to them in the finals. I just don't think they have anybody that can they can put a stop to him whatsoever. Well, I'm going to say somebody who I think could D him up and do a really good job. There's actually they have two guys who I think can D him up pretty well, and, and you're not going to like either one of these or agree with them. I think, but the first one is Marcus Smart. Uh, Marcus Smart can guard all five positions, even though he's only six 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 five, right? I mean, he's the kind of that Rodman mentality guy where he's like six five, but he plays six ten. And I think he's a guy who can guard. I'm not saying like shut him down or anything like that, but he's a guy who's a pest. He can give fits to somebody like Anthony Davis. And then when you're relieving him with uh, Ojale, Ojale is a really physical defender. And if you watch Anthony Davis play, when Anthony Davis wants to play, he, he's unstoppable. Nobody can stop him. But you can make him not want to play by beating him up a little bit. If the refs aren't going to call it, and that's really how it gets ref too. If yeah. the refs let the Celtics beat the shit out of Anthony Davis, then – Either one of those guys can shut him down. But if they're going to call ticky-tack fouls, then it's a totally different ballgame. The Marcus Smart one, I don't know, just because I, I don't think I, – I mean, Anthony Davis, I've seen him post up and body up, and he's he does well down there. And I just – I think he'd bully um, Marcus Smart. Uh, obviously, I think he could, he, he would give him fits on the outside, but there's no way Marcus Smart even, even – goes into that matchup. Marcus Smart's going to be pretty stuck on LeBron. Probably. I don't know. They got Tatum on that, I would guess, or Jalen Brown, honestly. Uh, but in either case, I, I, I mean, 
they may be able to pester him one game. I don't I don't think they're stopping him at all. I just I don't see anybody that can handle Anthony Davis on that lineup. Yeah, I will see. I mean, I'm sure it'll be a good series. Uh, oh, William James, incredible series. And William James says Brad has a plan for him. Well, Brad's got a plan for everybody, but he sure does. He sure the, does. The best laid plans of uh, was it mice and men usually go awry. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, what's that from? That's from a movie, right? No, it's Mike Tyson. Is he really? Everybody's got. Oh no! I think so. Someone. I don't know. I, now, now I'm just second guessing myself. But it's everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Right. <laughs> And I'm guessing getting punched by Tyson is, is no fun. <laughs> yeah, is uh, um, so that's the, that side of the thing. The Clippers, uh, I don't believe in them. I mean, they're supposed to challenge the Lakers, and I just don't think they can. Either do I, honestly. I mean, seeing what – I mean, Paul George looks soft. I, I mean, I don't want to say – I say that word with like uh, – because I don't really know what else to say. He just doesn't look like he has the – the same Kawhi factor. Let's put it that way. Like Kawhi will has the ability to kind of put shit on his back and not let his team win or not let his team lose. Paul doesn't have that. He gets he gets shallow in big moments, and he's he's not. They're not going to be able to do that. They're going to need both of them to shine, and I just don't see any way they do. And I agree. I, I don't I don't really like anybody out of the West other than the Lakers. I mean, it doesn't. I don't see anybody. And what do you think about the two young guys? With was it Spider Mitchell and uh, Jamal Murray? Uh, those guys going for 50 and 60 and 58. So Jamal Murray put up the most ever in a three-point span, uh, in a three-game span, other other than Michael Jordan, and he, and which was that 88 span. Uh, and he, uh, it, by one point, he missed it. Right, I think it was like 143 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. that's fucking crazy, man. That's well, a lot. Every one of those games, every one of those games, he's got eight, nine, ten assists too. Yeah. Oh, and every one of those games is a close game where it's coming down to they need every point, every assist too. Uh, and, and what's crazy is you talk. We mentioned uh, Wes Brown uh, from our last interview, and he talks about knowing your role and and making the best play for the team to win. And Jamal Murray is is the I think the kind of the epitome of that right now. The guy is making just perfect decisions every time down the court and whether it's he needs they, he needs to go off for 50 which I mean he does anyway or get the ball out and make the assist and things like that he's playing great basketball and uh, William James confirms for you he says it is Mike Tyson is the one that said that yeah. so you know I think we should have William James be like one of our super fans give him the badge right so that bro, we can give him the badge. My man, and I'm telling you bro he's, he's a, that's a great dude he's such a great dude let's see he is doing that so that's what uh I guess he's saying that's what Murray's doing is kind of uh, knowing yeah. his role, putting the team in yeah. the right spot. So that's kind of where they're on the, on the east side of things. The Bucks came back, and you know, the Bucks looked really bad against Orlando for one game, and then they come back and they four straight in a row. I mean, can they challenge Boston? I mean, you said Boston doesn't have an answer for Anthony Davis. Do they have an answer for Giannis? Uh, I think I think Tatum can can give Giannis some problems just because I don't think Giannis is 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 polished is an inbox or a down low score as Anthony Davis is. And that's where I think he can give him some trouble uh, where, where Anthony Davis could give Tatum trouble. Uh, whereas Giannis, I think will not give Tatum as much trouble that way. Uh, I also don't, I think Boston matches up really well with, uh, with Milwaukee. I think they can shut down their complimentary players a lot easier than they can shut down the Lakers complimentary players. I'll tell you who I think is overrated is Middleton. 
I don't think he's overrated. I just think he's another. I think he's a Paul George kind of guy. I don't think he shows up in big moments really. Like that's not like like I don't know. Like a guy plays in Milwaukee and he's you know like he's not used to it. He doesn't want the moment. Well, for me, he just he, he strikes me as a poor man's Michael Red. You know, he's a shooter yeah. and he just he's not as good as Michael Red, but he's just he he's, used to be a solid three and D guy. Now I don't see him playing as much D, or maybe I'm just missing it. I don't know, but not, I mean, he's clearly, I guess, got to be playing D. They're the number one defensive efficiency team, or at least they were before the COVID show. Well, Bledsoe's a past. I mean, you talk about like, yeah, that's like, true. God, you talk about pests. Yeah, that's true. He is a f- pain in the ass. He's a tank too. He looks like a remember Nate Robinson. He's like a six three Nate Robinson. Actually, you know who reminds me? Damn, I'm trying to think. Um, fuck. Aaron Davis. No, god damn it. I can't remember his name and it's driving me nuts. Trying to get a short muscular point guard. He was a shooting guard and yet yeah, like he was just stat- he was built like a linebacker. He's like 6'2", 220, just built like a linebacker. He could jump out the gym. It was dope. Oh, Harold uh, Miner. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, he I agree. I mean, and, and Bledsoe can shoot out the gym. He he can shoot really well. So he's a, he's a good I like his fit in Milwaukee actually. So I don't, I don't think that the uh, the Jazz or the Nuggets stand a chance in the next round. They're going to get trashed, whoever they play. Um, so that's that's that. Let's see, uh, William here says, oh, that's William. Triple Shot Sports joined us. Hello, guys. Sully, who is your winner of the MLB trade deadline? Not a whole lot of stuff going on. Yeah, not a ton. Uh, honestly, I haven't. I have. I wasn't on it today. Today, yesterday, and today have been fantasy draft for me. Um, I had two leagues yesterday that I did back to back, and then today I had a draft. I'm I'm literally finishing it up right now. So when you see me look down, that's what I'm doing. I apologize. Um, it's just that time of the year. I will say Tampa Bay Rays got our boy Brett Phillips. Um, he went to high school, Seminole High School. Shout out my area. Uh, he's a great guy. If you don't know about Brett Phillips, I'm telling you right now, just take the two minutes and Google Brett Phillips laugh, and you will enjoy the next three minutes of your time because it'll be the funniest time of your life. His laugh is so incredibly funny. It'll make your whole day. See, I, we talked about it last night in the show and, you know, Mitch Moreland to the Padres Moreland's hitting like 328. He's the OPS is 1177 and he's going to a team that hits grand slams every single game. Yeah. Uh, the kid they gave up though, his name's slipping me, but, uh, Hudson. No, no, no. The, 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 um, uh, the Spanish kid. Uh, God, I can't remember his name. The batter. Rosario. Uh, Rosario. There you go. Uh, that kid's got talent, man. He can run. Kid's fast, fast, fast. He can hit. Uh, he hits. He's a smart hitter. He's, he's a contact hitter. He's not going to push the ball over the fence a ton, but I mean, he, he's he's going to get on base a lot. I, I think he's a smart player. Uh, I think he's a solid kid. He's going to have over three fifty on base percentage for sure. All right. Now, you know, we were supposed to have again, uh, reference again. We were supposed to have Achilles Smith on. It looks like he's not joining us. Um, I'll get in touch with him after the show, see, you know, if he had some technical difficulties or whatnot. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to bring up, and we'll bring it up in the interview, is that, you know, he played in the Pittsburgh Pirates organization before he went to college. He played with Jose Guillen in the minor leagues. And I was going to ask him about that because to me, Jose Guillen might have one of the top five outfield arms I've ever seen in my life. I mean, just an absolute laser cannon. That's a huge statement, though. You know how many people have absolute cannons? Well, number one, Bo Jackson. I'm yeah, gonna... of course. But then it's like uh, Jonas Cespedes, right? He was the one who just gunned that one, dude. Uh, Raul Mondesi is one of those guys. Uh, um, the Rom- Ro- Romano Loreno, the kid for the athletics right now. Uh, Mookie Betts. I mean, Ichiro had a gun. Aaron Judge has a 
cannon, an absolute piss missile for an arm, bro. That yeah, guy can, bro, he can howitzer the ball. Yeah, I mean, Guerrero had a great arm, but I'm telling you, Jose yeah. Guillen. Jose yeah, Guillen's in my top I'm gonna, five. I'm going to have to, damn, I, I don't know. But, I mean, that's honestly, talking about baseball, seeing a, an outfielder assist and an outfielder put out is hands down, I think, top three moments in baseball for me. I love seeing players get gunned, like trying to stretch it out or gunned at home, you know, something. I love that. That's probably one of my favorite things to watch. Now, I had, I used to think I had a really good arm. Uh, my freshman year, I, I made the varsity baseball team, and my freshman year, uh, I played right field because we had a bunch of seniors and juniors on the team. I was one of only two freshmen on the team. And my first uh, assist was actually uh, an outfield. Assist. I threw a guy out at first base from right field. Oh, uh, nice. It was like a, I just had a, I fired a rocket. And I thought I was the shit. I really did. And this is a true story. So I got a tryout with the Atlanta Braves. Oh, wow. Um, and there was probably 30 or 40, you know, high school age kids, my senior year of high school um, there. You don't realize how good you aren't. Oh yeah, until <laughs> so like I thought I was awesome, and and then you know they had us doing these drills, and and like the three guys in front of me were throwing from right field to third base. They're going to see your arm, and I mean these guys, the ball had no loft to it, just straight like shortstop throws to first, but from yeah. right field to third. <laughs> exactly. And then I was like, man. And then we uh, we got to hit, right? And I'm like, all right, hitting's my game because I, I mean I can rake the ball to all fields. I'm a switch hitter. Um, and so I'm like, all right, this is where I'm really going to shine. And the first guy up was a catcher and he hit 14 consecutive home runs before, <laughs> before he hit like a line drive, that, like, you know, went foul or something. I'm just like, man, they are. Re- I realized I thought I was good and I got this invite and none of my teammates and nobody I knew was at this tryout. Yeah. Um, so I really thought I was hot shit. And then, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't. <laughs> no, yeah, they realize once you get in that, around elite level talent. I mean, that's why. Like, I don't think people understand, like, how rare these athletes are. Like, and, like, when people are like, oh, I'm fast, I could do that. It's like, no, you could not do that. <laughs> you have no idea. No, and, I, and I've been fortunate, like I said, to be around that, uh, mostly with basketball, because I've played against several NBA players. Um, not guys, not like Michael Jordan or anything, but guys who played in the NBA. And I'm telling you, they are gods. Like, that's yeah. the only way to describe it is that they're gods. Because they don't miss. Yeah, like they, don't said, miss. they don't miss shots. And it doesn't matter how much defense – I mean, you could be draped all over them, and they will hit from 40 feet deep without even hitting the rim. I mean, they can just call net every time, and it's just nothing but net. And then, heaven forbid, you try to drape them on defense, they take two steps, and they're dunking it with two hands. <laughs> like, it's just it, – it's ridiculous. I mean, I'm talking, like, power forwards who are 6'9 that handle the ball better than any point guard in high school. Like, just yeah. insane. Yeah, of course. All right, so that's kind of our base. Uh, Brandon does mention here, uh, or I, I say Brandon, it's Triple Shot Sports. Triple shot sport. We don't know which one of it is you guys are. So oh, it is uh, Padres also got Mike Clevinger. Uh, who's honestly been a pretty big disappointment. Um, you know, I was a big Clevinger fan too, which is, man, it's a shame. But, I mean, he, he but yeah, I mean, that's a nice kid for the Padres. That team's so exciting. I've talked about it before. Fernando Tatis is the most exciting player in baseball. He's so much fun to watch. And, and that team I just love. Will Myers is a stud. Uh, I, I mean, that team's just good. They're just a really good ball club. And, and that is, that's two great kids for them. Now, uh, Troll Shot Sports also says, pro athletes are so far superior at their sport and people do not understand. Yeah, that's what we're just saying. They, they, it, it really is you have to see it in person kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you can see it on TV, but they're playing against other professionals. Like you have to go down to like 
Rucker Park or something like that and, and see them up close. Oh, for sure. I mean, it, it's 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 really just scary. They move at a different level. They see things before it's actually about to happen. Like they truly do. It, it's crazy. Uh, actually, funny story. I love telling my. I have all kinds of time to tell my stories now that Achilles hey, not joining. Exactly. Me. <laughs> Here you go. I uh, I played story in. Time. I played in Concord, and uh, the kids there in Concord. Jesse was one of these kids. Is they used to worship me. Like they would like show up to watch me play basketball. And Jesse used to ask me if I could give him pointers and how to play. Oh, um, awesome. But like I used to light people up. I mean, just light everybody up. Um, and I remember one day this guy came down to the park, and we were playing. It was full court, and I think that my team won like three games in a row, and I scored probably eight, nine, and ten of the eleven points. Because uh, we used to play all ones too, not not two pointers. Everything's with one, um, and so we would play to eleven, and I would, I would score almost every basket. And this guy said to me, "I had my Duke shorts on," and this guy goes, "Oh, is, is that what you played in college?" And I was like, "Dude, that trust me, I wish I was that good. Like, I know I'm that good compared to you guys." But <laughs> so here's the thing, though, Wayne. If if you're gonna tell stories, you gotta tell ones you haven't told before because you've told that story. Well, that's a good story. It is a good story, but I mean, like you know, we got we got to get new and better stories here. I'll make up some shit. <laughs> it's like my daughter. Every night, my daughter, when I put her to bed, she wants to know two stories about my life. And I'm like, at this point, I'm like, I'm out of stories. I just got to like, yeah, I stuff. don't really have it. And I'll just make shit up. Well, I was running and got shot. <laughs> uh, um, with a lighter, did they smoke? Huh? What? Okay. What? Oh, here we go. Jesse, Wayne was really good. I was 15. Nobody worshiped him. <laughs> Also, old man, that's the second time you told that. Oh, there you go. <laughs> See? Yes. Thank you, Jesse. See? There we go, Jesse. God, where are you at, man? I need you to make fun of this amnesia dementia patient. I do. I have, I have Alzheimer's. Wayne's um, drunk again, folks. All right. So, you know, we talked about, like, if Achilles didn't make it on, we might talk some fantasy football, right? Everybody's got yeah. the drafts going on right now. I mean, you're doing yeah. one right this second. Literally but, like, this everybody's, second. Everybody's got stuff going on. I've got mine coming up on Wednesday. So... I'm going to ask you because you're the football expert, right? I mean, what's who's the guy that's going to be a steal for people? Like, if, if people are saying, listen, man, I got a shitty draft position, you know, who's a guy I can look for that nobody else is going to be looking at? Um, late or early? Let's call it um, oh. mid. Let's call it 8 to 12. Ooh, 8 to 12. 8 to 12. That's like, okay, so the thing about this draft, too, is I think the deeper you get in this draft, the worse your your situation is. Uh, and that's different from a lot of fantasy drafts. I think. I think last year there was a lot of mid-round talent. This year I don't see that. Um, so I guess a mid-round guy uh, that I'd like, um, Tyler Boyd, I think is going to have a huge year. Um, I really like him. And, and Joe Burrow has come out and said he's developing a great connection with Tyler Boyd. Um, I think he's got a, a big year written all over him. Um Calvin Ridley is my darling of the entire season. I think he's going to be a top seven receiver. Um, I think he has 1,200 yards, you know, 10 touchdowns, uh, 80 catches. I think he's a baller. I really do. Um, so if you can get him in the fourth or fifth, I think that's, I mean, that's money right there. Um, and then, I mean, running back's kind of shaky at that point. Uh, I, I like Kareem Hunt a little there. I think he's got a, the ability to get a lot of touches from Nick Chubb. And if Nick Chubb goes down, then I think he can take over. Uh, and then a sneaky play that I mentioned to you is Cam Akers. Uh, I think, you know, somebody's going to get touches in that in that Rams backfield. Somebody's going to get them. I think Cam Akers is going to be the guy. 
Jesse chimes in. He says, Sully, give me your tight ends to look for after the big three. Tyler Higby is the name on the list. man. If you can get Tyler, and that's another guy in that same range, I love Tyler Higby this year. His production in the last, I think it was six weeks of the season, was the number two tight end. Uh, and, and I think they just carry that over. Losing um, uh, Brandon Cooks, I actually think opens up Tyler Higby to kind of be that slot guy and to get a lot of that underneath work and, and a lot of that stuff. I love Tyler Higby this year a lot. I'm, I'm a huge Tyler Higby fan. Well, I'm going to say, and he's not like a, a shock name or anything like that, but just based on the style of play that his team plays, I think Darren Waller uh, is going to put up some really good numbers this year. I mean, they're, they're a short pass team, like a West Coast type team. They just added Ruggs, who I think is going to turn a lot of you know 15-yard grabs into 80-yard grabs. But, you know, you've got that middle-of-the-field presence with Waller. I think that Waller's a guy who could get 75, 80 catches this year at the tight end position. And, and that's they like throwing those short passes in Oakland. I mean, he had the third-largest target share of all tight ends last year. Uh, so if they can keep that up, I, I love that pick. Tar- Darren Waller was my darling last year. I had him in every league. I took him in at every point I could. I loved him. Uh John Gruden loves tight ends. He loves tight ends, and he likes to use them. X, Y, Z, banana, or whatever it is. That's a tight end play. The play he always talks about is a tight end play. And so, I mean, I just I think it's it's a great that's a great shout out. Uh, Jesse says, "When do you guys feel comfortable taking a quarterback? Would you punt quarterback in the draft and just stream a different guy each week?" I wouldn't because so the, the league I'm in, I think it really depends on the league that you're in, right? But the league I'm in, last season, eight of the top 10 points guys were quarterbacks, right? So points are important. You got to score points. And so I'd say taking a quarterback, how soon it depends on the quarterback. I think Mahomes and Jackson are going to be guys that we were talking about earlier, probably gonna be third or fourth round picks, you know, um, at the latest, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that you can get, because of the fact that, Guys don't really – they're going to value running backs first, then wide receivers, uh, you know, some tight ends in there. You're going to start to get that mix of quarterbacks. So I would say that you could probably say if you have a quarterback in mind that's not one of the top five quarterbacks in the league that you want. Like I want Kyler Murray. All right, I'm getting him from eighth-round pick. In reality, if I were to go through the draft, he would probably go probably seventh. You know, so I'm getting them a little bit later. So I think that's kind of the seven, eight, nine rounds are where you're going to find, you know, quarterbacks who are going to give you, you know, 23 to 28 points per game. And that's pretty solid. I I agree. Um, It's kind of league dependent. I'm in a league. I took Mahomes at number two pick in the third round of one of the drafts I was just in. But we get bonuses for long plays. So a 60 point play gets an extra four point bonus plus the six points per touchdown because it's a six point per touchdown league for quarterbacks. So it's, it's a different league, you know, it kind of depends in a four quarterback in a four point league. You know, I still think those two go third round, but yes, the rest of them get pushed down. Um, If you don't end up, if you're not dead set on ending up with one of the top two or three guys, I'd wait. Like I said, their depth this year at running back is so bad that after round two, you're literally scraping the barrel to, to find a competent starter and yeah, buddy, go Mahomes. Yeah. Kevin Olette, my friend, uh, Kevin chimes in and says, yeah, Mahomes, he's a chiefs fan, by the way. He's been a chiefs fan since we were teenagers. Uh, we, he used to have like a Derek Thomas starting lineup figure on the dash of his, uh, awesome. his, uh, car. So, uh, I mean, if you can't get one of the big guys, then, then 
truthfully, I'd wait and I'd stack the team of players uh, because I'd go running back, running back, running back, honestly, probably. Uh, it's so thin this year. It's so thin. Yeah, for sure. And really, yeah, depending on where you're drafting in the first, the second, or, or the end of the draft, I'm drafting ninth out of 12th. Mm-hmm. But it's nice because I get that kind of like nine and then 14 and then like, exactly. so it's not that far apart, those picks. Yeah. Um, so uh, we'll see how it goes. The running back that I like, and I mentioned it to you before we started, is I really like J.K. Dobbins in Baltimore. I thought J.K. Dobbins might have been the best running back in the draft. Uh, personally, and the fact that they got him. He is a physical north-south runner, which is what they do. Mark Ingram is old, so I wouldn't be surprised if you take J.K. Dobbins. He's probably a guy that you can get later, maybe after the 10th round, but he, it's close. But he's a guy that I think isn't going to get a lot of carries early in the season because mm-hmm. Mark Ingram's going to, but Mark Ingram's going to get tired, and I would say that look at like maybe week 6, 7, right around there is when you see J.K. Dobbins start splitting carries with him, and by the end of the season, I wouldn't be surprised if Dobbins has most of the carries. See, I think you're a little light on it, honestly. I think by week three, he's splitting. By week six or seven, it's J.K. Dobbins' job. Wow. Uh, yeah, I really – Ingram had a good year last year. I, I know he did. I, I, I understand. I really do. I think he did. But J.K. Dobbins is a talent. I mean, the guy's a talent. He's good. And he's just a better Mark Ingram. Now, we'll see. You know, Mark Ingram's proved a lot of people wrong recently. I think a lot of people counted him out in his last years at New Orleans, and he played really well. And – I counted him out in Baltimore, and he's playing very well. Um, but, man, I agree with you. I love J.K. Dobbins. I think he's a stud. I think he's going to do a lot of good things, uh, especially in that offense. Uh, I'm not a big fan of that offense in general, or Lamar Jackson. I don't think he's going to repeat his success. But I think J.K. Dobbins has a shot to put up, like, really solid numbers, like, to get in late value. Uh, Jesse says, better fantasy season, Kyler or Dak? <laughs> I mean, we're both Kyler boys, I think, so I'm going to say Kyler. But, I, I mean, it, it, that's a little – you could flip a coin. You literally could. My my only thing is that, you know, obviously Dak Prescott threw for 4,000 yards last year. His completion percentage was close to 70%. I think it was 68 or something like that. It was really high. Mm-hmm. He doesn't turn the ball over. They run, It's a power run game that they happen to have great receivers. And so – they added CD Lamb, which is only going to give him another weapon. You know, you can't double cover everybody, and so you've got Amari Cooper if he can stay healthy, Lamb, um, Gallup, and then you've got obviously Zeke. I love Kyler Murray, and I know that you'd picked him for Dark Horse MVP. I would love to see him win the MVP, but if I had to bet money, this way, all right, Wayne, you have to bet your life savings now. Is it going to be Dak or is it going to be Kyler? I'd probably go Dak. I would too, honestly. For betting, I, legit, I think I would too. If they were like, "Yo, you, you've got to bet your life," I would too, probably. But man. I mean, I'm going to say Kyler because that's my dude. You know what I mean? I believe in him at this point. Uh, like in a fantasy draft, personally, like if, I'm in, if I'm at the point where I, I'm deciding between Kyler or Dak, I'm taking Kyler because I'd rather go down with Kyler than go down with Dak. Let's put it that way. Hmm. <laughs> Jesse says, uh, don't sleep on Cowboys tight end Jarwin, boys. Uh, Blake Jarwin, I, I agree. I think he can. I think he's got a shot to play really well. Uh, I mean, he's he's got all the talent in the world. It's just a matter if he can put it all together. Um, tight end so deep, man. Noah Fant's another one that you can get late. T.J. Hawkinson, you can get late. And that guy's. I'm telling you, if he ever comes on, he's 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 it at tight end. He's what you want in the tight end. Uh, so I mean, there's a ton of them. There's a lot of tight ends that are really. good. Now, you know who I like at tight end, or I liked at tight end in terms of talent, but didn't put it together last year is Noah Font. 
Yeah. And uh, just grabbed him in my league, actually. Hey, yeah. But I figured with the addition of Hamler and Judy, and then you still got Sutton there, um, he's going to have a lot of middle of the field like openness, I would think. But I don't know. He's he's very athletic. He's kind of like a, was it that the, the the Jimmy Graham type tight end, right? Where he's like a wide receiver that just plays in. Oh yeah, for sure. No offense. He he played on the same team as T.J. Hawkinson. Kind of funny, and. He's the more athletic, I think. TJ Hawkinson's the more complete. Um, now, TJ Hawkinson's still very athletic. I'm not taking anything away from him. But yeah, no offense, like the Darren Waller type, like a tweener, but still a big tweener. Like he's clearly a tight end, but moves like a wide receiver. And I think, honestly, I think, because I'm a kind of a believer in that Broncos offense this year, I think Drew Locke and just in general take a step up and they can do well. So um, yeah, I, I like that team. I like Noah Fant this year a lot, a whole lot, actually. Now, do you think Austin Hooper puts up better or worse numbers in Cleveland than they did in Atlanta last year? Oh, worse numbers, definitely. That, that, they don't, yeah, they don't target their their tight ends like Atlanta. Atlanta loves their tight ends. They love them. They get a huge target share. Uh, uh, Cleveland does not get that same target share. Now, I mean, he'll be a weapon, but, I, I mean, he he's not putting up – well, I think he got 12 touchdowns last year or something like that. There's no way. Well, that's my argument against taking uh, LaShawn McCoy. And a lot of people said, you know, he was a great addition to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady loves that check down running back. He's nothing but speed. He's great out of the backfield, catching the ball and just turning it into something kind of like James White. Right. But I said, my problem with that is I don't think Bruce Arians runs a check down offense. Like he runs, uh, you know, spread offense that like just a, whatever it's called, air raid, air raid offense, yeah, air raid. you know, yeah. and I don't think that LaShawn McCoy is going to have a James White type season in Tampa Bay. I don't think so either, just because I also think Keyshawn Vaughn and Ronald Jones can be that player. And I think they're better at this point than LaShawn McCoy is. Uh, I think, you know, yeah, we signed LaShawn and he's got upside and he's a veteran presence in there. And, but uh, I mean, we'll see what he can still do at this point. You know, and I, I don't know. I would never take him in a fantasy league. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't either. I mean, I would take. I would take Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn before I took LaShawn McCoy, just because he may have a good one or week one or week two role. But I mean, after that, I like I don't see him being used a lot. Well, let me ask you about because Cam Newton looks like he's going to win the starting job in New England. Mm-hmm. Uh, all signs point to that. He's won it at this point. Yeah, and uh, Josh McDaniels. I have said I think is the best offensive mind in the NFL. I think that he can just use his personnel to maximize whatever they do. It doesn't matter who his personnel is. He will figure out a way to maximize them with his play calling. Kim Newton is a much different quarterback than Tom Brady. So what sort of play call are we going to see a lot fewer passes of James White and a lot more deep to Nikhil Harry, which is what I'm hoping? Um, I actually do kind of think we are going to see. Unfortunately, here's what sucks. Cam Newton's addition made your chance of the Nikhil bet, Nikhil Harry bet, actually has a chance to come true now. Uh, I, he has a chance to be that star receiver you think he is. I think he's the the receiver Carolina wanted Devin Funches to be, or Carolina wanted all their receivers that they drafted to be. I think, and for especially for him, I also think Julian Edelman's going to be that underneath guy he likes a lot. So uh, I think that Josh McDaniels knows what he has in Cam Newton. And like you said, Josh McDaniels knows how to design an offense to score points um, and to play at the strength of who he has. And I think that he's going to continue to do that. Um, I don't think Cam Newton's going to have an MVP year or anything like that. Um, 
I would guess they're going to win more than six games this year, though. And I've said they're not for a long time. I'm sticking with eleven. Yeah, I think eleven's a lot, but I, I, I would, I would, I think eight is eight, nine is more, and I think Buffalo's got to be a little worried at this point too. Jesse asks, who sees more snaps this season, Mariota or Winston? I think Mariota. Oh, see, I, I mean, I do too, but only because I don't think Winston sees the field a lot. But I mean, Derek Carr is owning. That, that camp right now, Mariota can't complete a pass, apparently, from everything that's coming out of that camp. So I don't think we were right about Mariota winning that job. But Well, I've been a big Derek Carr fan, I think, from yeah. the get-go. And, mm-hmm. and the fact that he completes 70% of his passes. He threw for 4,000 yards last year. I think his touchdown to interception was 24 to 6 or something like that. It was, it was really good. So there's really nothing he does bad. I know that you've mentioned that he just doesn't throw a deep ball. But yeah, that, he has this the second lowest yards per completion. But I mean, he still throws for a lot of yards and doesn't turn the ball over. And if you've got Josh Jacobs, then you know why not just run a ball control offense? I mean, which is what they're going to do. I mean, you, I think Josh Jacobs is going to have a huge season this year. Where would you take him in the draft? Because he's a guy I had, I think, last year maybe. But I mean, he's a guy who went, I think, in the sixth or seventh round of our draft. But he's got to be a first or second this year, right? Oh, he's. I mean, I would take him probably at eight or nine. Okay. Yeah, um, if if certain backs are gone, obviously, I'm a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, you know, there's after that top group goes, those top three, uh, the running backs. I mean, you know, the Saquon, uh, McCaffrey, Elliott. Um, then there's the, you know, Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Clyde edwards alaire um, you know, kind of group. I think, and then uh, the the. Um, Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, Miles Sanders, uh, Josh Jacobs group. So whoever you've got, like tier, you know what I mean? So I think he's in that tier. So Jesse's asking, uh, he says, you know, Teddy Bridgewater got a new contract behind the very secure Breeze. Now, although Breeze was out for the first four games, so Bridgewater went 4-0 and or 5-0, and whatever it was, in his stead. Uh, if Breeze gets injured or declines Peyton-esque style, it just falls off a cliff, could we see Winston get some snaps? Uh, if he gets hurt, yes. I don't think that New Orleans benches Drew Brees if he struggles. I just he's not the guy that you bench, you know. Agreed. Uh, you he's never, especially in New Orleans, where he's, you know, a god. Uh, he's never going to get benched. Um, yeah, obviously, if he gets hurt, you know, I think Winston is actually a pretty good fit there too. And honestly, I think they kind of got a quarterback of the future because uh, Winston's still pretty young. Um, so I, I don't hate what they've got going on in, excuse me, in New Orleans, but I don't think we'll see a ton of snaps from Winston this year. Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't think Winston, uh, of all the guys who are backups right now, I guess competing, I, I don't even really know who would, who's the backup in Tennessee. I know they just give a huge contract to Tannehill. I don't like Tannehill. I don't even know anymore since Mariota left. I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe maybe the most likely backup is probably who is that in, in Denver? They seem all in on Drew Locke, but that seems like a position that could easily fall apart. I don't think so. Drew Locke's loved over there. Uh, um, I think the Jets could be in a sticky situation if uh, if obviously if um, Sam Darnold doesn't play out, and then um, obviously like backups. I mean, how do you view Miami's situation down there? You know, Fitzpatrick to a and then obviously in San Diego or Los Angeles, my apologies, uh, Tyrod Taylor and J- 
Justin Herbert. So, yeah, Jesse then asked, anyone fantasy relevant? And in- of course, yeah, tons Michael of fantasy. Pittman is my dude. Michael Pittman Jr. is my ultimate sleeper. Um, if you need a late round guy that has the potential to be a top 20 receiver, it's Michael Pittman Jr. He's the lock number two receiver in Indianapolis, and he's he's a football-ready player. He comes his, – his dad was obviously – everybody knows Michael Pittman, uh, Mr. Biceps. Um, he, so he comes ready. He knows already how to be ready. He plays ready. He prepares ready. He he eats ready. He, he does all these ready things. He had the highest contested catch percentage in the NCAA the last two seasons. Uh, he runs exceptionally good routes already. I, I think he's an extremely good football player, and he's kind of who I'm hanging my hat on this year. Now, my boy Kevin actually has a question for you. He says, "Being a big cheese fan, Sully, I'm a big I'm big on Edwards Hilaire, but would you give more thought to drafting him over Dobbins earlier in fantasy rounds, knowing his role would be featured with Damian Williams opting out?" Uh, the fantasy draft I'm doing as we speak, I took Clyde Edwards Hilaire at six. So I'm um, I'm a big Clyde Edwards Alaire fan. Six overall? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm a big Clyde Edwards Alaire fan. I think he's he's a he's a he's a ready player. And Andy Reid has a has a track record of six, have, having running backs succeed in his offense. Um so I think he's got a shot at 1200 yards, 1100 yards and you know 70 catches to be honest with you. So Interesting. Now we're obviously it's funny we're winding down. We're coming running into uh, we talked about every position. I think. What about defensive players? So I play in a league where we each take a defensive uh, four defensive players, and you get points uh, for tackles and interceptions and sacks and things like that. That's my favorite. I love IDP leagues. They're my favorite because I hate. I think uh, disclaimer: all fantasy leagues should never have kickers and never have defenses. All right. They're so they're stupid. In our league, basically the the guy who you absolutely want if you're taking your first defender is Darius Leonard because he gets like 170 tackles a year and each tackle is worth like a point. So like he gets 12 tackles. It's like 12 points. Yeah, exactly. Uh, tackles are huge. It, and now again, it kind of depends on your settings. So we, when I was playing it, we would do a point for a solo tackle and then half a point for an assisted tackle. Um, so it would, you know, kind of, if you got 12 tackles, but six were solo and blah, 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 you know what I mean? Um, and things like that. Now we ended up adjusting settings after our first two years because we realized that guys who got tackles were just so valued over guys like, you know, who got 36 tackles, but nine sacks or 10 sacks. Well, those guys weren't even draftable in most leagues. You know what I mean? So then we changed it to where our sacks were worth six points so it was like scoring a touchdown essentially or something like that oh uh, um, chandler jones <laughs> yeah exactly or or any of those guys at that point you know like like you know aaron donald or, or those sack guys now are are you know potential to be number one wide receivers and things like that and it just was a different aspect for our league um but yeah i mean tackle guys are huge also like the defensive backs the one key for because what we had to do is you had to draft uh two linebackers, two defensive linemen, and two defensive backs. Um, so defensive backs obviously don't ever draft a corner. You want to draft safeties, and mostly you want to draft those, especially nowadays, the safeties that play linebacker. 
um, who are listed as defensive back, but they're playing linebacker. You want those guys because they're going to get all the tackles. And then same thing for the defensive linemen. You want the defensive linemen linebacker hybrids because they're going to get more tackles. Uh, Jesse, again, CEH is – oh, Clyde Edwards-Hiller is closer to James White than you think, Wayne. Why didn't say anything about him and James White? Huh? I think that's a slap in the face to Clyde Edwards-Hiller. Uh, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, I love James White. I think he's a, a, a good, solid role player, but I think Clyde Edwards-Hiller is a much – I mean, we'll see. I, he has the potential to be a much better football player, I think. He is a feature back, whereas James White is a, is a, is a piece of a team. Yeah, I, I like James White. I mean, but James White is kind of like I think that third running back that you take. You know, because yeah. he's going to get receptions, but he's not going to get any rushing yards. Exactly, for sure. Uh, another guy I'm I'm stupid high on that I'm telling you, Josh Allen, boys. I think he's, I think he's going to have a big year, man. I really do. You know, he was the sixth highest scoring fantasy player last year. All right. I mean, I think James James Winston was up there too, but I mean, I, yeah, I, I, but that doesn't. I mean, exactly. We're not talking about what you're going to do for your team. I think Josh Allen's going to be again. He's going to have that same kind of year. I think he's going to be a top five player. I think he gets stupid good, and now I think Stephon Diggs is going to help him. I love watching Josh Allen throw the football because it's it's so tight and it's so straight. And I mean, just throwing sixty five yard out patterns like it's nothing, but. He completes 57, 58% of his passes. It's just it. He's also the – we talk about stats. I'm pretty sure he's in the bottom three for completion percentage of balls over 30 and 40 yards too. <laughs> <laughs> they look good. They look great. Uh, he just – you know, he hasn't quite figured out his deep ball. But I do – I truly do think he's a guy that's going to progress. Uh, I think he had a lot of problems coming out. And then he showed he's progressed and gotten much better at those. And I think he's, you know, he's just going to continue to do that. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. Kevin, absolutely, boys. All right, so he likes. I think he agrees with Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Yeah, exactly. The other thing too is uh, I'm a big fan this year of taking tight ends early. Uh, I think like if you got a chance to take Travis Kelsey or George Kittle, I think they are going to give you kind of uh, like what a top six or seven receiver is going to give you point-wise this year. I think they're going to be extremely well utilized, especially George Kittle with, with Debo Samuel and, and all the injuries and shit they got going on there. I think Jimmy G is going to really rely on George Kittle a lot. All right. And I would say with 58 minutes in, we give it one more shot here. Who is an absolute stay away from this guy for you? <sighs> like he's going to look enticing. Don't take it. Um, man, I don't know. A guy I just don't want to take at all. Uh, Dalvin Cook, I just don't want him on my team. Um, not only with the injury risk, but then the holdout. So I'd say Dalvin Cook and then Julio Jones. For me, Tom Brady. I oh, just. Wow. I just think that he doesn't fit Bruce Arians' offense. I think he is still the go. I think he's one of the smartest quarterbacks out there. But last year was a down year for him, and I think it's going to be worse this year. See, I don't, but, hey, I hear you. You know what I mean? Everybody's got their guy. I mean, I'm glad that people like him, especially around my draft. Everyone loves Brady, even though he went to Tampa Bay. I'm yeah. Take him. Leave take him. Somebody else. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, in most drafts, he's still going in, like, the spot he should. Like, he isn't getting overdrafted in, in at least most of the drafts I've done and seen so far. So, 
All right. So that is pretty much it. We are at 59 minutes. We wrapped it up. We didn't have the interview. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the fantasy football talk. And hopefully we've helped you win your league. If, if it is a money league and some of our advice helped you send some of it our way by buying a 12 is greater than nine t-shirt yes. uh, or a sweatshirt. Um, any questions you guys have for us, obviously visit the website. You can email us. You can visit Twitter. You can visit Instagram, Facebook. We'll reply. Definitely join in the show. Thank you, Jesse, for joining the show and, and asking questions. He helped us out a ton. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Uh, Kevin, thank you for chiming in. Uh, William, really appreciate you sharing with all the different groups, getting our, our views well, up there. And we're still you, at 10. Uh, hopefully, everybody liked our advice. If you didn't like our advice, you know, tell us that, too. We love the negative stuff. I mean, yeah, for especially sure. Sully, because he hears it all the time. He's used to it. I hear it literally every day in my life, so... I'm used to all the good stuff, so yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, obviously, uh, you want to throw it to Kenny in our first. Actually, wait, I gotta get the picture up. So get it ready first. All right, go ahead. It's uh, where's he at? I, which is it up? Oh, there he is. It's over, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>